as we left the meet and greet, we were like, yeah, we're going to sleep on it. But like we had already decided we were like, yes, this is our dog. So I think we then went and picked her up like two days later and brought her home. And the rest was history. Like she was just the perfect fit for us from day one, which doesn't happen for everyone. Sometimes it takes a lot more work, but we were fortunate that really she just fit into our little family, like the missing piece of a puzzle. Welcome back to Telltale Dog, the podcast. I'm your host, certified dog trainer, Elizabeth Silverstein. And I have with me today, Kaylin, who is the dog mom behind Luna the Trick Dog on Instagram. Luna is a four-year-old chihuahua and pit bull mix who enjoys tricks and dog sports. You can follow their Insta for trick tutorials and enrichment ideas. Kaylin is a certified trick dog instructor, do more with your dog evaluator and middle school teacher. Hi, Kaylin. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. I've got a lot of mayhem going on in my life today. <laughs> don't we all, though? <laughs> right. Life is just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if life is ever going to be like normal again, it seems like. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> so I can't remember how I found you. I'm not sure if, if uh, another account I follow posted you or not, but you kind of popped up and I was just really struck by um, the clean mechanics you have when you're working with Luna and um, just how much fun it seems like you guys are having. And, and then you share some things about, you know, your influencer journey and all that. So there's just a lot that I thought would be fun to chat about. Yeah, I'm excited to chat about all the different things. Yes. So how did you, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's just like a paw sticking yeah. out. <laughs> this is how she demands attention. <laughs> so how did you um, discover dog training? Was that something that you encountered when you brought Luna home? Were you doing training before you brought Luna home? How was that process for you? Yeah. So, I mean, as a kid, I think dog training was always something I was interested in. Um, we had a dog when I was a kid that we adopted when I was in third grade and I trained her as a kid, um, which was really just, you know, taking like a giant cookie and spinning her in a circle or silly things like that. There was not any real training going on. Um, but I just was always a huge dog person. That was something I always enjoyed. Um, and when finally it was time to get a dog of my own as an adult, I knew I was excited to work on like training my own dog, but I definitely didn't intend to like do a ton with it. Like I thought I would teach my dog just like some good manners and maybe a couple fun tricks and that would be it. But since we adopted Luna right at the start of the pandemic, I had a lot of free time on my hands. So it just kind of snowballed into something I enjoyed doing more and more and more just through having Luna and having all of that time to work with her. And she caught on to a lot of different training quickly. So it's taken on like a life of its own, but it's been something I've grown to enjoy a lot. Yeah, it's, it's, it just seems like you guys have a lot of fun together. So, and then you seem to be a like a proponent of positive reinforcement training, yeah, is that right? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. It's always interesting because it seems to me like it's hard. It is hard to find quality, good information around positive reinforcement. Yeah. How did absolutely. you stumble on it? Yeah. So growing up and when we first adopted Luna, the 
most I knew about dog training was from watching the dog whisperer in Caesar Milan, which is obviously very, very different than what I do now. That was just what was in the media. So that was what I knew. And that's when we first adopted Luna, that was the approach I first took with her was a lot of the dominance theory. But I very quickly saw with her, she's a very sensitive dog. And I quickly saw that that was not working. She would shut down really quickly. We didn't make any kind of progress. So I started looking into some different methods because I was like, this doesn't feel right. This isn't working. And I started, you know, just searching things on YouTube, like how to teach your dog to this. And I stumbled across Zach George, who is a big positive reinforcement internet famous dog trainer. And so that was kind of like my gateway into learning about positive reinforcement. And as I started trying that with Luna, I started to see we were actually making progress and she was a lot more confident and comfortable and started to actually get more confident rather than going the opposite direction. And then even just through following different trainers on Instagram, as I started looking at the hashtag positive reinforcement and trying to learn more, that was where I got introduced to a lot of good resources and have since been able to read different books and look into some more credible information beyond just random things you see on the internet, because you never really know how credible that kind of information is. And yeah, so I mean, that's where we're at now, totally training with positive reinforcement. And that has been extremely different than what my life with her looked like when I first adopted her. It's always so cool to see how much trust, and I have, I've had clients talk to me about this too, where they're like, our relationship is so good because we're using yeah. It's like they, my dog trusts me, our relationship mm-hmm. has changed in this way. So yeah. it's really cool. Cause it, I think it, the way I, I, you know, define training is just communication. We're communicating. Mm-hmm. That's it. So how do yeah. we do that? And does it make sense to the dog? Because um, yeah. dogs want to opt in. They want to communicate with us. Yeah, definitely. Through jumping into positive reinforcement, I feel like I was finally able to tell Luna like what I did want her to do. So she understood rather than just focusing on what I didn't want her to do, which just wasn't clear. And she has an opportunity to communicate back with me too, instead of it just being one way. And just being a disciplinarian, you know, telling your dog what to do all of the time, actually giving her a voice and being more patient with her has made all the difference too. Yes. And something I've been thinking a lot about with patience is that we still have to practice it because I think Darby of my animal plans has been talking about having big feelings and how she processes her big feelings. And, and I think we all have to do that, especially if we have any sort of past where maybe our parents Mm -hmm. weren't as patient with us. If we received more discipline than communication ourselves as kids, that can really impact our Mm -hmm. relationships with our dogs too. Yeah. So it is big feelings need a lot of practice to work through a lot of patience. Yes, absolutely. I'm sure you experienced that as a middle school teacher too. You're probably really good at being patient. Oh yeah. I'm working on it. My kids, they, they demand a lot of patience. They, they test my patience every single day. And sometimes I do better with it than other days. Um, Today's our first day of spring break, so everyone gets a much needed rest, and hopefully we can come back into it ready to be a little bit more patient. Yes, (laughs) practicing that communication. Yes. You've shared a little bit of how you got Luna recently, but I'd love to um, have you share that story of how you found her and why you picked her. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I started looking for a dog when my husband and I were still living in an apartment, And our kind of rule for ourselves was that we wanted to wait until 
Um, we were in a house to get a dog. Not that you can't make it work in an apartment because you absolutely can. Um, but just for us, we were kind of like, we'll feel like we're a little more stable then, not having so much change going on. So we started, I was just looking like on Pet Finder at adoptable dogs. We knew we wanted to adopt because that's just something I've had a heart for since I was a kid. So once we were kind of like in contract on a house, I started looking at dogs, had applied through this one rescue. And I was you know, looking at different profiles of dogs and I actually saw Luna's profile. And when I read it, I was like, eh, I don't really think she's like the kind of dog we're looking for, kind of dismissed her was, you know, looking at other pets. And then her foster actually texted me and uh, the adoption coordinator had suggested Luna for us. So the foster texted me and I was like, okay, sure. Why not? Like, you know, chat with her a little bit, learn about this dog. And the more we talked, the more I realized like, oh, I think like this actually is the kind of dog that we're looking for. So we moved into our house and then we went to meet her. I think not after a week after we'd moved in, went and met her and just fell in love with her instantly. She was a little bit more timid then, um, but she had just been pulled from a shelter in a more like rural area of Kentucky. Um, her owners, her previous owners had just like dropped her off at a vet's office and never came back for her. So she had gone through that and then being at a shelter and then being transported to Columbus, Ohio, and then in a new foster home. So like a ton right after another. Um, so she was a little bit more timid, but was just so like loving and sweet. We watched her like playing with the other dog in the foster home and they had so much fun together. So we, we, as we left the meet and greet, we were like, yeah, we're going to sleep on it. But like, we had already decided we were like, yes, this is our dog. So I think we then went and picked her up like two days later and brought her home. And the rest was history. Like she was just the perfect fit for us from day one, which doesn't happen for everyone. Sometimes it takes a lot more work. But we were fortunate that really she just fit into our little family, like the missing piece of a puzzle. Yeah, and for someone to see that possibility before you guys realized it is really interesting to me because yeah. that I, I'm not sure I hear that often where someone's like, "No, this this family needs this dog," you know. So yeah, that, that was interesting. So what were you looking for that you felt that Luna didn't quite fit? So initially, I thought I wanted a bigger dog was one thing. We I grew up with like a coonhound mix. So I was looking for like a similar size dog, thought I might want another hound, not really for any particular reason besides that I'd had one before. So that was a big factor. And I think it was just something about when I was reading her profile, I was like, I don't know. She seems like maybe she's a little too like shy for us. She's got some quirks. But I realized like through talking to the foster, it was like, oh my gosh, all of her quirks are like amazing and perfect. And I realized I was like, I think we could do a small dog. And now that I've had a small dog, I don't think I'll ever go back. I'm a small dog person through and through. Like, they're the best. I still love big dogs. I have friends who have them, and I love going to their houses and getting my big dog lovin's in. But for me, I'm like, small dogs are where it's at. They are truly the best. I have two smalls and a big, and yeah. my big, I love her. But there's something about my littles, especially when um, you're able to connect and do cool things with them. It's like... Yeah. My big one is a rescue, a, a Belgian Malinois rescue. And I was like, we're going to do all these cool things together. And she has no interest in any of it. So I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll find other things to do together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 
you don't want to do if you don't want to do bite sports we'll do we'll do something else that's fine. we'll find something else to do yes <laughs> so it is really cool to see how their personalities come out and so you brought her home and then you knew from the beginning that you were going to do training with her and so you found all these cool things to do what where was the switch where you're like huh this is really fun we're kind of learning mm -hmm. these basics to I want to get some certifications in trick training. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when, after we brought Luna home, I started teaching her just like basic tricks, like sit and down and all of that off the bat. And she, again, was a little bit more like, I don't know if even timid is the right word, just a little bit unsure when we first adopted her, she was still decompressing. So it took her a long time to learn sit and down and, all of the, you know, basic, easy tricks, just because she didn't really know how to like participate in training yet. Like she just wasn't sure what was going on. But as she like kind of caught on to those tricks, again, it was the pandemic. I had a lot of time on my hands. So I was like, oh, I'll teach her another trick for fun. And she started catching on like a lot faster and faster and faster as time went on. And I was like, oh, she's actually like, she's pretty smart. Like, I think we could keep doing this. And I don't remember where I initially saw it, but I saw the AKC trick titles um, and heard about that somewhere. So I was like, oh, you know, let's get her novice tick, trick title and maybe her intermediate, but like, we're not going to ever do anything more than that. Like that would be crazy. So we worked through those and got those titles and then just kind of kept going like, oh, well, we did her intermediate title. Like why not teach her some advanced tricks? Like let's keep going. So we kept going through the end of those titles and then just kept going from there. We started working on her do more with your dog titles also. And that was around the time that I decided I wanted to try to get my CTDI or certified trick dog instructor. At that point, we had started Luna's Instagram and I was sharing like trick tutorials and things like that. And I started to feel a little uncomfortable with like, maybe I shouldn't be like sharing educational trick content if I don't have any kind of like certification or education. Like I just have my own personal experience. So we kept going through the end of those titles and then just kept going from there. We started working on her do more with your dog titles also. And that was around the time that I decided I wanted to try to get my CTDI or certified trick dog instructor. At that point we had started Luna's Instagram and I was sharing like trick tutorials and things like that. And I started to feel a little uncomfortable with like, maybe I shouldn't be like sharing educational trick content if I don't have any kind of like certification or education, like I just have my own personal experience. So that's when I ended up getting that certification just to be able to grow and learn a little bit more and be able to feel better and have some more knowledge behind what I was sharing. And it's been really fun because I've gotten to evaluate other people's trick titles through that. Um, which is just so fun. Like I have people just sending me videos of their dogs doing tricks, which doesn't get better than that. Like it's been a blast. So it kind of, yeah, just snowballed from when we first adopted her just has kind of been one step after another. And Luna enjoys trick training a lot now. Like she gets so excited uh, whenever we do a training session, sometimes too excited, um, <laughs> but it ends up being a lot of fun. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so there is a, I know there's a book by the, the woman who put together do more with your dog and then mm -hmm. anyone can get that, um, that evaluation status. Right. I think you just have to, it's a course based, right. I haven't done it. 
Yeah, it's like an online course. And honestly, it was a very, I felt like it was pretty a simple course to walk through. Like it was like videos you watch and questions you answer and you submit a video of yourself, um, a couple of videos of yourself training at the end. And your dog, I think, just has to earn their intermediate trick title. But really, it was a pretty simple certification to get. Um, anyway, some of it was stuff that I was like, okay, I've kind of you know, learned this over the course of time I've been training her anyway, but there was definitely some good information. And it was nice to just read it all in a very like succinct and direct way too. Yeah, a little bit, yeah, more of a process. And then yeah. the certified uh, trick dog instructor, is that different from the do more with your dog? Uh, so that's through do more with your dog. Gotcha, gotcha. So you're, you're certified as an instructor, but you also evaluate. Yeah, yeah. So once you're certified as an instructor through Do More With Your Dog, then you can evaluate titles um, for other people. And but I, anyone can apply to get titles. Okay. And I believe there are five levels through the AKC? Yeah. So AKC has the novice, intermediate, advanced, and then they call it performer and elite performer, or their fives. Okay. So you, you guys have been busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little bit too much. Sometimes I question, I'm like, why do I keep spending all this money just to get ribbons and pieces of paper to put on the wall? But it, it feels nice. Yeah. It does feel nice. <laughs> it does. It's like a nice visual representation of like, oh, we accomplished this thing. Yes. And it's <laughs> it's very much in line, I think, with positive reinforcement for the people too. It is. <laughs> Even That's if, my tweet. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll, I print off certifications every time for my classes and my, 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 you know, my clients get that piece of paper. It, yeah. It's not attached to anything unless they do AKC, you know, and even AKC is like, you know, but it's so much fun to have it. it. It's great. Yeah. Right. You get to take your cute little picture with it. It just, yes. <laughs> I make sure each of my clients get their own posts on my Instagram, like I talk about their dogs and how, you know, what I've seen them, how I've seen them grow, all of that. And yeah. I, I took an agility with one of my littles, uh, agility class with one of my littles and I, at the paper at the end, I was just like so excited to have that paper. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so much fun. Yes. So I, I want to ask about being the influencer growing because you have about, um, 30k right followers yeah. on Instagram. 45 about 45 yeah. now wow okay that that grew crazy <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was that that high when I checked so that's awesome is so you were kind of posting on Instagram already you wanted to get the education were you thinking from the beginning I want to grow this and you know become a dog mom influencer or is that something that happened organically what was that process like yeah, so that was definitely something that happened just kind of organically over time. Like when I started Luna's Instagram, I mostly just wanted to share, you know, cute pictures of her with my friends and family. I wasn't really in thinking of doing much beyond that. Honestly, I called it Luna the Trick Dog because Luna is such a common name. And like every other Luna username was taken until I finally came up with that one. Like I wasn't planning for it to take on this big you know, sharing tricks uh, kind of thing. But yeah, as I just continued posting and realizing like I actually really enjoyed the like creative outlet of taking pictures and eventually like making videos, that was something I enjoyed. And as I started to attract somewhat of a following beyond just my already friends and family, I realized it was a cool opportunity to be able to help other dog parents too, whether it was just through encouraging them in general or, um, teaching tricks or teaching 
about enrichment and things like that. That was something I really enjoyed, especially as an educator already. That just kind of was like another branch of that. And then just through that, I started, you know, seeing other Instagram accounts doing partnerships with brands. And I thought, oh yeah, that's cool. Maybe I'll do a couple. But as I started working with a couple of brands just on a smaller scale, I really enjoyed it. Again, kind of like that creative outlet of being able to create videos, showcasing different products and things like that. Um, It was something I really enjoyed. And then it's just kind of slowly grown over time into something where it's been cool to be able to find not just like random brands to work with, but ones that we actually like use daily and are our favorite brands and um, our companies that I feel like I'm like, I can stand behind like what they do and their values and feel good about this. And it's nice to be able to partner with them and share content, whether it's just stuff they're posting on their feed or stuff that we're doing. Um, It's become something I really enjoy. And of course, there's like the monetary aspect of it too. Like that extra income has been huge for us too. I mean, it's enabled us to do things like Luna doing different sports. Dog sports are expensive. um, And I definitely would not be able to do them without this extra source of income. Or even things like recently, um, Luna had to do rehab therapy and pet insurance. We have pet insurance, but you never know what they're going to cover. So it was nice to be able to say, you know what, we have the extra savings to do this, even if insurance doesn't cover it, like we've been able to build that up. So yeah, I mean, it's been a huge blessing and has been something I've really grown to enjoy doing. Luna just popped up next to me. here. <laughs> She's too short to reach the camera, though. <laughs> what dog sports are you doing with Luna? Yeah, um, so we have been doing agility for about two years now. Um, we took a, we've taken a hiatus for the past couple of months since she had an injury, but she's doing a lot better now, and we're hoping to get back into that before too long. We also do barn hunt, which is probably Luna's favorite. So that is looking for um, rats that are like in closed in tubes and straw. And she just thinks that's the best thing ever. And we've also done some fast cat, which is fun. It's a 100 yard like lure coursing test. And she loves just sprinting as fast as she can. I mean, she, again, thinks that's the best thing ever. So that's what we're doing currently. Uh, I don't necessarily plan to add any other things to our plate anytime soon, but I've always thought it would be fun to try more things with her just because trying something new is always fun. Yeah, and it's a great bonding experience too. You guys get to go do stuff together. Yeah, it's fun. Anytime we go to like a class or a competition, it feels like a little like mommy-daughter date. You know, sometimes we'll stop and get a pup cup on the way home. Like, yeah, (laughs) and even just being there and working together and being a team is a lot of fun. Goals for the future, are you mm-hmm. hoping to transition into being a dog trainer or what, any thoughts on that? I've definitely thought about it before. I mean, I've loved training and working with Luna and it would just be, it would be really cool to be able to work with other people's dogs and train them. Um, for right now, I also love being a teacher and I love my students. So I don't have plans to transition out of that right now, at least. Um, it's not to say in the future that might not be a direction I would head, but for right now, I'm pretty content with where I'm at and definitely isn't something I feel like I could realistically do both as cool as that would be. Yeah. So for right now, kind of just staying where we're at with doing our own tricks and things, I'd love to be able to teach some trick classes on like a smaller scale, um, someday, but yeah, for right now, we're just kind of continuing as we are. 
enjoying it. Do you have advice for people looking to get into trick training? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are so hesitant to get into trick training with their dogs, either because they think their dog maybe is too old or is the opposite. Maybe they're too young and crazy. But I think really for anyone, it is just a very accessible and easy bonding experience with your dog. You can do it from the comfort of your own home without any kind of pressure or distractions. I definitely recommend like looking into some like online resources, whether it's you know, do more with your dog's webpage has a whole list of tricks and videos or things like that to kind of give yourself kind of some like base, basic mechanics and things like that when you're training your dog. But like just start small with small tricks, even doing five minutes a day of trick training. You'd be amazed how much your dog can learn in just five minutes. Like it doesn't have to be a whole long process or you don't have to start off by doing some incredible stunt, like teaching your dog just to sit or shake or spin around in a circle is still a good bonding and learning experience for you and your dog. And I do love trick training for a couple of reasons that you already mentioned, growing your relationship with your dog, building confidence in your dog where you start blossoming. And then I wanted to point out too, is like you could even use trick training for reactive dogs as well. So great for shy dogs, great for reactive dogs. What are, do you have any other benefits that you've noticed with doing trick training? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I love like what you mentioned for like shy or reactive dogs, because I think you know, even when you're out in public, if you're able to engage your dog in doing a trick in a situation where they might be nervous, even if it's something as simple as, as having them touch your hand or um, spin around in a circle or go between your legs, like it can be good to just engage them with you or even sometimes practically if you need to move your dog out of the way, you know, teaching them to go into like a middle position between your legs or hop up on a rock on the side of a trail so another dog can pass. Like there are so many practical practical applications. When we were doing Luna's rehab program recently, um, some of the like exercises we had to do were essentially just tricks that we had taught her before. So rather than having to kind of go slow to be like, okay, we have to teach this behavior before we can do it in a way to actually benefit her physically, we were able to just jump into that. Um, Things like pivoting around a disc or backing up are great like canine conditioning exercises. Um, so all of that can be really helpful, but I think the confidence building is a huge one. Like as you give your dog a lot of success, it really does build their confidence. Like I've seen that in Luna for sure. Like things that she never would have done before. She used to hate like jumping up on things at all, but through doing a lot of tricks that involved that now she's a little too confident with jumping up on things. Sometimes she jumps up on her. Yeah, she'll jump up on our deck railing. Uh, she's climbed trees before. So she's very confident to a fault sometimes. But uh, she's very brave at exploring her surroundings. So it's been super beneficial for her. I love you brought up rehab. Another one I want to touch on is cooperative care. So like mm-hmm. having a chin or a face cue is really helpful. Yeah. For it's like brushing their teeth, you know, yes. stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah, we've definitely used it in cooperative care a lot like we've we've spent a ton of time working on nail care with Luna because when we first adopted Luna again back when I knew nothing about dog training and we needed to clip her nails I thought okay let me grab her and hold her as tight as I can while my husband clips her nails obviously that was traumatizing 
So once I started to learn about positive reinforcement and cooperative care, it took us a long time to work our way back from that. But being able to use cues, like having her give me her paws, having her know to like go to a mat and she'll lay down on her side when she's ready for us to dremel her nails, like that has really helped. And even just putting things in the context of a, a trick where it's like, okay, I tap your nail with the dremel and then I click and give you a treat. Like even it's not a, that's not like a behavior she's doing, but still she's familiar with the context of training sessions. So it doesn't become this like high pressure. Okay. It's time to do your nails. Like it almost feels like, okay, it's just another training session we're doing. Cool. Cool. I love that you brought up too, is that you were able to work your way back from Mm -hmm. A traumatizing incident because you know sometimes we do things to the best of our ability and then we learn and we can adjust but yeah. not all over if you make that mistake right we can right. only adjust and move forward and fix it exactly yeah well i think that was all the questions i had was there any other um things that you wanted to touch on i don't think so i think you know the one other thing we haven't talked about that obviously we don't need to get deep into but something that i think is so important beyond just like the trick training and training and things like that. I think one of the most important things I've learned through getting into positive reinforcement training and all of that has been the importance of enrichment for your dog too. I think those two things really go hand in hand. Like I definitely notice when I'm able to provide Luna lots of good, like a well-rounded enrichment plan with things like sniffy walks and different like foraging opportunities and things like that she is like so much calmer and more content overall, but that carries over into our trick training too, because she's not this little bundle of energy who hasn't been like satisfied. Like it all just kind of works together to be so well-rounded that way. So as much as I love like training and all of that, like I always make sure Luna's needs as a whole come first, which, you know, sometimes means we get to do a lot of trick training. Sometimes it means, you know what, today we're just going on a long decompression walk and then you're exhausted afterwards and we're snuggling on the couch. And even if I had a trick I wanted to do, like, you know what, that's okay because you need to rest. So I think looking at that big picture to make sure your dog is really having a happy, content life is super important. So there's a kind of a crazy storm happening outside right now. I don't know if you can hear it. Um, I did get a tornado watch. So there it's, there's something around, but. It's fine. We'll just yeah. we'll just uh, pay attention. But uh, yeah, that's happening right now. Arkansas. So like spring is tornado weather. It's just right. it's just an average Friday afternoon for you. Yeah, yeah. Standard. It's like tulips and tornadoes. Arkansas, Arkansas spring. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's, it's unlikely. Famous last word. Okay. <laughs> it's okay all right so i'm i'm so glad you brought up enrichment how did you first discover enrichment and realize that what impact it had on luna so again honestly so much of what i've learned about dogs and training has been through instagram which sounds silly but it really is a great way to share information so seeing other accounts and creators share about what kind of enrichment they did for their dog was how I started to discover a lot of it beyond just, you know, stuffing a peanut butter with Kong. That was kind of the extent of what I knew initially. So yeah, so I started like getting different enrichment items for Luna, like as in like commercial, like puzzle toys and things like that, which she definitely enjoys and has been like a fun way for her to have her meals. And then I've had a lot of fun learning about other forms of like food enrichment, whether it's things like 
shredding cardboard. That was one we discovered Luna needed after she tore through a couple books and rolls of paper towels. Once we started giving her shreddy enrichment with like cardboard and paper with treats in it, that stopped because she had her outlet to tear things up, which we learned she needs an outlet for it or she's going to find one for herself in a way we don't like as much. But I've definitely learned that enrichment goes so much beyond just like the trendy videos and things you see. I read Canine Enrichment for the Real World, which is a great book that goes a lot deeper into enrichment on a like more holistic way, I guess I would say, like talking about all of the different kinds of enrichment a dog needs from environmental to social enrichment. And I've definitely found that Luna, she's not an active dog, as in that she's going to run circles around you all day if she doesn't have something to do. But she's definitely more like mentally, like she needs to get her enrichment or else she'll just kind of like stand there and like stare at you. Yeah. It's her like MO. It's kind of creepy. Um, <laughs> you can just like almost read her little mind. Like she's like, I'm bored. I need something to do. But the days that I provide that enrichment for her, you know, whether again, it's a sniffy walk or a training session or like she just finished a frozen topple over in the corner, getting a chew or having a play date with one of her friends because she loves other dogs. Um, or going to visit her human grandma, who's her favorite person in the world. Like any of those things, you can just tell that that helps satisfy her little brain and keep it busy. It makes a big difference in how she's able to just settle and relax and things like that at night. Yes, it's so true. I have even noticed a surprising thing with my own dogs with enrichment was if I, um, if I'm better about being on top of enrichment and training, I actually see less in terms of like potty accidents in the house, you know, yeah. stuff like that. So there is just these overall, and then they're less pushy. Yeah. Less like, you know, Rosie coming in and getting in my face. She's less pushy if she gets what yeah. she needs. But. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It makes a big difference. Yes. Yeah. She's a shredder too. Um, yeah. so I just have a bunch of cardboard that she gets to go to town on and it means I have to clean up messes, but she's a happier dog. So it is a-okay. <laughs> it's all worth it. Yes. So I did want to circle back a little bit to content as well. When did you start seeing that you were getting traction and that it was becoming something? Yeah. So I first started our Instagram in, I think it was about October of 2020. Um, or I think more like the summer of 2020, maybe. And I would say I started like, kind of like gaining a following, um, probably closer to like 2021. And that is when I later in 2021 is when I started working with brands and more of like a you know, paid partnership type capacity. And about like the fall of 2021. So probably around a year or so after we started her account initially. And it's definitely, it's been like a lot of work, a surprising amount of work, like a second job, kind of continuing that traction and keeping that going. But yeah, it's been something I've enjoyed a lot. Yeah. So, and I, and I have, I've had a few other, I guess, influencers on the podcast before, and I'm always fascinated by it because it is very interesting to watch and see. So the tasks that you have to, you have, you have to plan out your content, right? You have to shoot your content, you have to edit your content, post appropriately, engage, and then if yeah. you're brands and all that you have to kind of keep track of that and everything so it is yeah. it is a lot of work how do you how do you stay consistent I guess how do you keep the momentum going yeah I definitely and you know that's been something I've been struggling with recently especially as I've been um, starting more partnerships with different companies it's 
been a lot, even just in terms of having the time to record everything that I need to. For my personal account, I try to make a like a list of content ideas or kind of just like a, a very general plan. It's not like I have a calendar of I'm going to post this this day, um, but just kind of having like a running list of content and filming that when I have time. And I've tried to find ways to film content more organically too. Like if I'm putting together some kind of enrichment activity for Luna anyway, I'm like, okay, let me record a couple of clips while I do this and we'll make it a video or we're doing a training session. I'm like, well, let me set up my camera in the corner, which is great anyway, just for being able to watch back your training and then, you know, can make a, a video about that. I definitely have found myself needing to set boundaries in terms of, yes, I want to make time to like engage and things like that, but I don't want to doom scroll on Instagram for my entire evening. So like setting a timer or having times in the evening where I put my phone in a different room and just sit on the couch and read instead um, has been healthy for me. Um, and then in terms of like working with brands and things like that, I've definitely started to discover recently that I have to put a cap on how many partnerships I'm realistically able to do in a month just so I don't run myself ragged and to make sure that I'm able to devote the amount of time to them that I need to to make it something that's you know high quality and I feel like represents what we're able to do well so it's been a big balance to learn to make sure it's not something that I feel like is taking over my life because I want to have a life outside of teaching and Instagram obviously so you got like a yeah it's been a learning yeah. yeah yeah right I gotta have time to spend with my husband and you know self-care to all of those important things I think that was everything um, yeah, this has been great. Anything else you want to tack on or that you've thought of while we've been chatting? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so Thanks. much for taking the time to chat today. I really appreciate it. Um, it's been cool watching you. Yeah, and so much fun. I just, it's just really so fun to see an account that like, oh, everyone's having a good time. <laughs> you know? Yes. <laughs> so, that is, I'm so glad that you're sharing that with the world. Where can people find you? So we are Luna the Trick Dog, all one word, um, on Instagram. And that's the only place we're at right now. I've thought about branching out to other social media platforms, but right now I feel like I can barely handle one some days. So for now, that's the spot. <laughs> Go ahead and do the sign off. And then at the end, I will I have one final question for you. Sounds good. This has been Telltale Dog, the podcast with your host, Elizabeth Silverstein, certified dog trainer in Central Arkansas, and my guest today, Kaylin of Luna the Trick Dog. Music has been provided by Jim Chiago of Seven Second Chance. Find more of his work on iTunes and Spotify and stick around for after the music for some final advice from Kaylin. Before we sign off completely, what advice do you have for someone that is interested in maybe showing off their life with their dog and what they enjoy doing with their dog on Instagram? Yeah. So if you're interested in getting into content creation, my biggest advice would be to pick a topic you love sharing about, whether it's your, your training or just life with your dog and focus on sharing about 
that and the kind of things that make you happy and that you love creating about. It should never feel like a job or like something you don't actually enjoy creating. And I think it's so important to just be organic and authentic. It's obvious when somebody is just you know, trying to get famous or things like that on Instagram, but being just organic and authentic and sharing about your life with your dog in a way that you enjoy and that you think other people will enjoy too is the way to go.